Hello and welcome to Across the Pond podcast. I am your host Tom Perrett and I have a few things lined up to chat about today. Some of you may already know that the podcast is aimed at the community I've created over on Facebook for the last little while. Name Anaheim Duck Supporters UK and Ireland. So, about me, um, very briefly, as I said, my name is Tom Perrett. I'm from Glasgow, Scotland. I have two three-year-old kids and a lot of developing grey hair. I wonder if those two are linked. Who knows? I love hockey. Um, I love the game as a whole. Nothing gets me as excited as hockey in terms of sport. And it all happened when I simply couldn't watch um, English soccer anymore. Um, Outside of my own team, of course, the Scottish League, um, Celtic FC and the Scottish national team. As a sport, hockey ticked all the boxes for me. I wasn't raised with it, I found it and fell in love with the sport, which is probably why I'm so passionate about it. I love a good single malt whiskey, a beer, heavy metal music and reading about history. Anyway, enough about me, I've covered all the important stuff. I'm going to try and keep this as hockey related as possible uh, and not talk too much about other things that I get up to. Why I love the Ducks? That is a good question. So growing up in the 90s, the Mighty Ducks movies were huge. The story of the underdog team coached by Gordon Bombay, the Triple D, the Flying V, D2 and even D3, which I think was underrated. Um, That's the reason for my team selection. It wasn't anything other than that. So Anaheim was the team that I kind of sided with because I knew Anaheim. It's that simple. I knew the Ducks. So I had a strong affection for the franchise because it came off the back of the films. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the, um, you know, the rules and whatever else that are in the film that don't match the sport and whatever else. I mean, it's a Hollywood film. Don't, don't watch it if you're expecting reality. The same could be said for many, many films. Another team that I developed a soft spot for, I wouldn't call myself a fan, but um, everyone has a team that they watch in the East if they follow the West. And mine's is the Montreal Canadiens. And that was after watching a documentary called Hockey, A People's History, which was amazing. I totally recommend it to anybody looking for a good way to waste a day during lockdown. Also, generally, I love Canada much more than the US. It's going to probably ruffle a few feathers um, when I was younger because, you know, we used to watch the wrestling WWF at the time, which, of course, now is WWE. And they did an amazing angle with Team America and Team Canada during the Attitude Era. Um, I loved Bret the Hitman Hart. So it was Canada that I sided with, even if they were the heel. But I digress. So on to some more technical points. Um, I have got some notes just to keep myself right, because being Scottish, I do tend to ramble on a bit. So you have to bear with me while I find my feet in this kind of new venture. This is the first podcast that I've ever done. Um, it's more done out of necessity because 
It's the same reason the page was set up. In actual fact, um, there wasn't a, an Anaheim Ducks UK supporters page. So I felt that, you know, that, that had to that had to happen because there was multiple other there was loads of other teams, loads of Maple Leaf fans, Bruins fans, and you know, I was thinking why not the Ducks? Got a rich history, so you know, it's very, very easy to fall in love with this club. So, uh, rebuild or retool, I've seen so, so many arguments about this, and to me, I view it a little bit differently. To me, the rebuild argument is to rip it up and start again, um, and the retool is to get some key pieces and get back to the big dance as quick as you possibly can, and I do feel that's where we fit in. I think we are the latter of that equation. Um, I don't think we're too far away. I think... The symptomatic thing lately over the last um, couple of seasons has been three periods of hockey. We don't play a full 60 minutes. We seem to have one good period um, and then the rest is kind of, you know, WTF. I'm trying not to swear here, which is another thing really difficult being Scottish, but I'll try my best to keep this as family friendly as I can. So, yeah, we don't score nearly enough goals to win games. I read somewhere that... Um, we would have to average three goals per game in order to win the games that we were that we were losing because we were scoring, you know, two goals, blowing leads, things like that. And if you look at the the stats, it kind of it, it does back that up. Although I'm not going to get into too much statistics, I've got some things that I want to discuss later. Um, but apart from that, I'll try and keep it, you know, um, more about the subject than go into a tangent about maths and whatever else. So the power play and the penalty kill um, have been terrible over the last couple of seasons since Bruce Boudreau left um, when we were the top ranked in the league but couldn't win in the playoffs. That seemed to be Bruce's problem. Then Randy came back and things were looking good until we came up against teams who were quicker and their passing was better. I looked at teams like Nashville who proved to be a thorn in our side for a few seasons. Um, but also... San Jose, the speed game was amazing, the year they swept us, um, of course there was Vegas Golden Knights um, who had our number, we didn't play well against teams built on speed and the dump and chase tactics really stopped working, that being said, you know, we've had quick players just seem to lack understanding in our lines, for example if you want to win games in the NHL then you need to produce from all of your lines and we didn't have that. Um, we lost some key pieces through injury and, in my opinion, bad trades. One bad trade, I would say, was uh, Cogliano for Devin Shore to the Stars. I mean, that was... I don't know what Bob Murray was thinking with that one. I think that was more of a cap issue than anything else, but I don't know. I would never have got rid of Cogs, given the amount of games they played, and he always gave his best. Um, and then, of course, there was the Corey Perry trade, buying out... Well, we bought out... Corey Perry rather than anything else and you know that one hurt a pillar of the franchise and I'm pretty sure I was in mourning for months because of that my son is actually his middle name is Corey because of Corey Perry um, that's how much affection I've got for Corey Perry so yeah it was hard to see Corey Perry in the green of Dallas but that's hockey that kind of thing happens These are the only stats that I was going to bring up because I thought it was relevant to the previous point. 
So I had a look at Corey Perry's production from 2013, um, missed out a couple of seasons and then looked at where he started to tail off. So the 2013-14 season, games played was 81, his goals were 43 and assists 39. In 2016-17, 82 games played, so one more, scored 19, but his assists were 34, so still a really solid return on, you know, assists. So it's like his role kind of changed that year. 2017-18, played 71 games, I think he had a couple of games where he was injured. Um, 17 goals and 32 assists, again the margin for assists is still really good actually, um, not scoring as much. I remember him um, scoring some important goals. Um, 2018-19, 31 games played, six goals and four assists. So that's that is a bad season for Corey Perry. But then, granted, in Dallas, 2019-20, we're looking at 57 games played, five goals and 16 assists. But remember that Corey Perry was, you know, the reason that Dallas got as far as they did in a couple of games. He scored them um, in overtime, which is typical Corey Perry. Um, he was a big, big game player. And losing somebody like that, it's difficult to, to bring somebody in to fill that gap. So yeah, his production in terms of goals definitely slid. But his assists up until 2018-19 remained pretty solid overall. Um, so yeah, that's, again, I guess that's in defence of Corey Perry, I guess his role kind of changed. So, the stats tell a story of the man in decline, but, you know, I would disagree, like I said, I say his job changed. What Corey Perry could do was score important goals, the comeback on Catella, for example, turning the clock back a little there, but, you know, he's a legend. And I totally believe his number will be next to Korea at the Honda Centre when he retires, as well as Getsy. Another thing that was an absolute killer for us, um, one of the things that we need to limit moving forward was stupid penalty minutes. I mean, really stupid penalty stuff. Thankfully, without Nick Ritchie, um, that should be easier. No disrespect to him. I just used to get frustrated every time he made the bonehead choice. And it was pretty much always. Hockey's a tough and physical game. And it's one of the reasons we love it. But taking penalties where there's no danger to your team is idiotic. And it shows a lack of maturity in your game. I swear I can't remember how many times um, I had post-game rants up on Facebook bemoaning the performance of Richie. So thankfully that's a thing of the past. A return to the post-season and how can this happen? So far as I see it, it's about scoring more goals. That might seem obvious, and I suppose it is, but like I said earlier, we need to average three goals a game to win the games where we were dropping points. Given we'll be playing in the newly formed Western League for now, I think there is a good chance that the games will be so much more like the playoffs anyway. A fight for every loose puck, guys throwing themselves into the path of a shot, etc., the way it's meant to be. Um, not having Zegras and Drysdale, for the opener, um, it's not a shock, but a little bit disappointing because they could make some serious waves, but I feel we will see them soon enough.
defence wins games. You can score all you like, but if you can't defend, it's all for nothing. And Anaheim have struggled with blue liners for the last few years. We don't have a solid D pairing, and that's an issue. Uh, Montreal looked good until he was let go, traded. Um, Manson is mostly good and Fowler is a good D-man, but we just don't have the depth in this area. Enter Shattenkirk. I love this move. The guy could be the difference. Um, a recent cup winner, so I'll take that. Um, also, I like Lindholm, but Hampus is not a top-line guy, in my opinion. He could be, but he sleeps sometimes in those all-important backtrack moments. I feel like a lot of the goals um, that will be scored this year will come from Sonny Milano this season. I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. And, you know, this year is all-important for Rax as well, Ricard Raquel. We need Ricard to find form every game and to shoot the damn puck. Like, Rico will chip in too, and that will hopefully be enough to get us over that three goals average per game as long as Gibson is as Gibson does um, then I think we've got a fair amount of hope um, a solid backup in Miller um, as long as he can stay in the crease uh, suffice it to say I think the Ducks have a bright future um, top four in each division get to the big dance to the postseason to compete for the Lord Stanley and here's how I see it going in the West In first place, it will be Colorado Avalanche. In second place, it will be the Vegas Golden Knights. In third place, it will be the St. Louis Blues. In fourth place, Anaheim. This might seem really positive, um, it might seem unlikely, but again, I've seen enough, even just on those two games, which I'll come to later, that fill me with a great deal of hope for this season and a lot of positives to take forward. And besides, when you follow a team, um, you really should give them your support and have a wee bit of faith in the process. Uh, it's one of, the, one of the things that I think is very important as a fan of any team and not just a casual you know watcher of the sport is that you need to believe that your team can overcome what other people say they can't so yeah there's no doubt the ducks are complete underdogs in this western league or this western division but you know doesn't mean it can't be done and if we're going to take a spot to get into the playoffs it's probably going to be fourth because the teams above us are probably just going to have a little bit too much quality for us to get more points on the board. In terms of these podcasts, um, what I'm going to aim to do is to have a weekly podcast, um, time permitting of course. Um, hopefully try and get some other people involved, get their opinions. Moving on to the next thing that I wanted to discuss was the first two games um, at the time of creating this podcast, we've two games into the season against Vegas. And there's some points that I'm just going to cover on both games. Just about how things went, um, what we did well, what we could do better. 
where I think our strengths are moving forward and why ultimately I believe that we have enough to make the postseason. So yeah, here goes. So the week's games in review. First up in Sin City, first game of the season. This game seemed to start in the worst possible way. Defensive position was costly. We allowed one of the so-called contenders to the cup clean entry into the zone. The first goal was individual brilliance from them, but the second goal, from our point of view, was completely avoidable. However, when we went two behind, we really found our stride and took the game to Vegas in a big way. Clean entry into the zone, pressure down low, and the net front presence really paid off. Steal to Comtois for goal one, gets to Comtois for goal two, and I really liked goal two. He took it on his skate, and then to his stick, banked it off the glove, into the net, perfect. Although, this was an amazing early comeback, uh, I can't help but feel, other than perhaps three minutes in the second period and basically all of the third, that we dominated. We were physical, finishing checks, getting right in their faces and playing down low, creating some beautiful chances. Two off the pipes, so you could say puck luck here changes the outcome, but that's the NHL, and it's these little things that decide games. Again, the league sleeps on the Ducks, and I think it benefits us to be the underdog who everyone expects to finish last. This really isn't a 5-2 game, although the scoreline says it is. Remove the last goal, because an empty net is always a gamble. When it popped out, we covered well until they got their break uh, with our final push to get one back. I feel like last season's issues crept up a little bit in the end. We seemed to lose control of the game when they were one up in the early part of the third. This caused our heads to dip, which at this level, you will always be punished. I mean, just look at how stacked Vegas Golden Knights are and our boys gave them a game. A few notable or not noticeable contributions for me was Rico and Raquel. We need more from these players in the coming games. And in this game, they just they, they didn't contribute. Duck's debut for Shatty was solid. Shattenkirk, uh, not much to say except he looked good in the power play. Might not have scored, but he QB'd it well. Um, having gets down low in those dirty areas, I thought we would score, uh, to be fair, but it was one power play. So, it's not a huge loss, um, bringing me to the next point, discipline in our younger talent, exemplary. One person done for a minor offence in the game is nothing to scream over, and I think with all the intensity that we showed, this could have been more minutes in the box leading to power play opportunities for Vegas, ultimately leading to a much worse outcome and a more comprehensive win. Game two in Vegas, uh, it was all about Gibson. He proved yet again why he is the kind of franchise netty that you can build a team around. The shots in the first were very lopsided, about a two to one ratio in Vegas favor, but we had much better periods in the second and third. We won't talk about overtime, one mistake, and it's game over. Again, this is a team who beat us 5-2 pretty much exclusively. We've started to show that we are up to the task 
Um, you can call this a bad loss. I call this a great point against a really good Vegas team who are expected to march into the postseason with, pur with purpose. Maxime Comtois, again. Three on the season so far. The kid is special. I think he won't be asked to go back to the minors anytime soon. There's no communication with Manson and Fowler. They are too different to play together on D. Manson wants to join the rush and Cam is more conservative with his playstyle. Getz had a great game too. I uh, never underestimate what Getzlaff brings to this team. I hear a lot of negative stuff about him on all other duck pages on Facebook, uh, given the fact he's a pillar of the franchise. Rico, um, where was he? I mean, he pressured Marc-Andre Fleury once in the game. Uh, Raquel had a much better game and he was unlucky not to score. Um, but he got some pressure on the net and that created good chances. Shattenkirk has taken some heat as well from the other Ducks fans. Uh, but I think he's moulded into the team quite well without a training camp in pre-season. Um, really, I can see what he... Already, I can see what he brings. Um, the power play, although not converted, looks swifter. But the second power play was atrocious, in my opinion. We couldn't even get into their zone and nearly gave up two shorties. So, I guess it's on to the next one. Minnesota Wild at the Honda Centre. Thanks for listening to the very first um, episode of Across the Pond. Um, again, I've been Tom Perrett. It's been fun creating this little overview. Um, if anyone else has any other opinions on how things have went, maybe they're not as positive as I am. All opinions are valid. Let's try and keep it friendly, of course. But, you know, that's sport. There's always going to be a certain amount of division. I just feel that people need to pump the brakes a wee bit here and stop acting like you know this this is a shock because we knew that we were in the retool which is what i think it is and not a rebuild but i think our future is extremely bright there's a lot of exciting young talent coming through and there's a decent veteran core to help them learn the lessons that they need to learn to adapt to the nhl game so yeah uh, hopefully i'll see you again next week and paint it orange let's go ducks <laughs>